So rejoice and be glad and watch and pray. Watch and pray, I say. Don't watch and worry. Don't watch and moan. Don't watch and groan. And don't watch and complain. But watch and pray, says the Lord. And as you pray, you'll pray from your position in me. And it shall impact this place in which you live. And there shall be cause for great rejoicing. For the glory of the Lord is here. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon it. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that he didn't tell you to watch and worry? (laughs) Now, if you're looking the wrong way, there'd be plenty to worry about. But if you'll keep your eyes on him, and if you keep looking unto him, hallelujah, from him flows all of the blessing and from him blows flows all the changes that need to take place amen who glory to god hallelujah hallelujah i got a question for you whose report are you going to believe we're going to believe the report of the lord hallelujah isn't it good to be on the lord's side you know the lord is for you He's not against you. He's on your side. Amen. I see a lot of fans and stuff. You must be getting warm in the Holy Ghost or something. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank God. Thank God for the wisdom of God. You know, if you you ever pray for a pastor, you ever pray for a spiritual leader... Pray for the wisdom of God. Pray that they'll have the mind of Christ. And that they will have the wisdom of God to stand in the place that God has called them into. And so as you pray, as a citizen of heaven, for natural leaders, we need to pray for the wisdom of God. I would not want to be sitting in the Oval Office for all the tea in China. It actually would be a demotion for me. Somebody says, are you, you think that highly of yourself? No, I think that highly of God. And I magnify what he's called us to do. Amen? I wouldn't want to be trying to deal with all the people, man. But the wisdom of God is present. And so as you pray, don't moan, don't groan, don't complain. But speak from your heavenly place in Christ. And I've discovered this. That when I don't know what to pray, he does. And when I don't know how to pray, he does. Yeah, he does. For the Spirit himself. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Hallelujah. But thank God he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Lord is. And he maketh intercession for us according to the will of God. Amen. So just remember this. When you're praying in the Spirit and you're praying out of your heart, you're always praying the perfect will of God. Think about this. Praying the perfect will of God. What does that mean? That means praying with no mixture of humanity in it. That means praying with no contamination in it. That means praying out of a pure heart, from a pure place, from a pure position in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, what are we going to do now? We're going to trust God. We're trusting Him. Hallelujah. I think we'll go ahead and receive the offering a little bit later. Is that all right with you all? Now, I know one thing for sure. God's got a vision for this nation. And I know one thing for sure. God's got a vision for your life. He has got such an awesome plan for every person in this auditorium. What a planner. What a planner. The Bible says that the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. Put your hand over your heart and say this with me. The Lord, He is perfecting that which concerns me. When I found out and began to tap into the plan of God for my life and just got a little glimpse of what he had in store for me, it made me so happy. It put a smile on my face. Mm -hmm. And when I started walking down the path that God had for me and I realized that there were steps to take along this path, it not only made me happy, but it also filled my heart with gratitude. Lord, who is man? What is man? That you are mindful of him. And so let's remove Pastor Mark from the equation and let's talk about you. Because he's no respecter of persons. And he has an awesome, awesome plan for your life. And there is a purpose for you in the earth today. The Bible says that he has preordained from before the foundation of the world paths for you and I to walk in. And as we get serious about the things of God... And we choose life, and we choose His way and not our way. When we choose to sell out to Him, He puts us on a path of life. He puts us on a path of joy. He puts us on a path where if you tried to figure out in your mind you never could have done it, He connects you with the right people and makes sure that you're in the right place at the right time for His will and for His plan to be accomplished in your life. And what I want you to see today is this. God's got great things for you, and He's not finished with you yet. What I want you to see is this is that He who has begun a good work in you, He's going to perform it. He's going to complete it. He's going to help you. He's going to surround you with all the aid and the assistance. He's going to take heaven's resources and back you up and enable you to fulfill everything that God's called you to do. Hallelujah! Somebody says, I'm just a wife. There's no thing, not such a thing as just a wife. You are a... Child of God. 
Well, I, I just work in a factory. I, that, that's what you do. That's not who you are. You're his workmanship. You're his new creation. You are his righteousness. Designed for good works. For God works. You know, the Bible says that God is light. And in him, there's no darkness whatsoever. When you walk in the light as he is in the light, there will be no darkness in our lives. The psalmist said it like this. He said, the entrance of my word, here's what it does. The entrance of his word gives you light. And what does light do? Light enables you to see. Now I know Pastor Tom is probably one of the first ones here. Bless his faithful heart. What a great guy. What a man of God. He's probably here first. And when he walks into this auditorium, I'm telling you what this auditorium is, pitch dark. And Pastor Tom doesn't go down the back door kind of stumbling and fumbling around trying to get to the platform. Pastor Tom turns the lights on so that he can see. And the entrance of his word will enable you to see that which you've never seen. The entrance of his word will enable you to walk in this path of light with the God who is light. And in him there is no stumbling and there is no cause for failure. Woo, glory to God. So I have and you have everything we need to be able to see. Lord, give us sight. And that's why Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. He prayed that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light so that you'd be able to see how to be an awesome father. So that you'd be able to see how to be an awesome employer. So that you'd be able to see yourself debt free. So that you'd be able to see yourself. Come on, somebody. The way that God sees you. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts. Flood them with light that we may see. That we may see. I found a verse of scripture in between service and I want to share it with you quickly. It says here that he gives us ears to hear and eyes to see. And the Lord makes them both. Another translation, it says, It was the Lord who gave us eyes for seeing and ears for hearing. He's given you eyes to see. He's given you ears to hear. And so that's the way our Father operates and works. He desires to get His vision His insight into your heart so that you can see clearly his will and his plan for your life. Look with me at a couple examples. Look at Genesis chapter 13. How many of you know Abraham was an old man? And God said, yet I've called you the father of many nations. And so one way that 
he began to deal and to work with Abraham, he gave him a word picture. He gave him a word from heaven so that he could see himself as the father of many nations. Genesis 13, 14 says, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, north, south, east, and west. I want you to notice that phrase. He says, I want you to look up now thine eyes and look. I want you to see something here, Abraham. Look north, look south, look east and west. For all the land which you see to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And so this is his word picture. And he's saying to him, Abraham, look up and see. And the same God who said to Abraham, look up and see, said to you and I, look up and see me. See Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. There is power in vision. One preacher said, if you will show me your vision, I will show you your future. Another person said, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. There's power in seeing the way that he sees. So, what are you looking at today? What are you seeing today? What are you spending your time looking at and focusing at? Because what you behold is what you will become. If you can see it, you can be it. And so, Abraham, I want you to look up and see everything is yours. Let's look at another one over in Joshua chapter 6. Joshua, the sixth chapter. And notice with me in verse 1 and 2. How many of you know there was a place called Jericho? We could just have a Jericho march today. Anybody ever had a Jericho march? A Jericho march is a march of victory. Hallelujah. In Joshua 6, verse 1, he says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up. Pretty interesting. You know why Jericho was shut up? Because Jericho and the people of Jericho knew that the God of Israel was on, the God, uh, was on Israel's side and they were literally afraid of the children of Israel. They shut the walls up. Because of the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. Now listen. You become aware of who you are in Christ Jesus, it'll shut the devil up. The devil trembles at the mention of his name. Now notice in verse 2. And the Lord said unto Joshua, everyone say see. See, I have given into your hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. What he's telling them is this. Look, it's already yours. And what you need to do is obey my instructions. Notice with me in verse 3. And you shall compass the city, all you men of war, and go round about the city once. 
And you'll do that for six days. What if they would have done it for just five? It wouldn't have happened. And the priest shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of rams, horns in the seventh day. You shall compass the city. How many times? And the priest shall blow with the trumpets. (laughs) And it shall come to pass when they made a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people will whisper. No, all the people will shout with a great shout. The wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. In other words, I want you to take the shofar, and I want you all to go. Long time. Try it. Come on, help me. One more time. Boom. There was victory in that ram's horn. There was victory in the shout. There's victory in obedience. There's victory in seeing yourself the way that God sees you. They blew the trumpet and the walls fell flat. And the same devil that set up walls against your life today will fall flat in the very presence of God as you begin to see what he's already given you. See it. Amen. See, there are people trying to attain and trying to get something that God has already given them. If you'll notice in the Word of God, the past tenses of God's Word, He's saying to us this morning, See, I have already redeemed you. See, understand. Comprehend, I've already delivered you. See, I've already shed my blood for you. See it. In order to seize things in life and for walls to fall flat before our lives, we've got to see some things. He said, see, I have given. What is it? you're looking at in your life? What is it that you're spending your time being focused on? Now, how many of you know that those walls that were staring the children of Israel in the face, those were distractions? And in life, do we not have to overcome some pretty severe and serious distractions? I mean, let's be honest about it. You've really got to fight the good fight of faith to stay focused on Him. Why? Because everything in the world is vibing and vying for your attention. Oh, look over here. Look over there. Look at this. Look at that. Look what's going on over here. Look what's going on. Look at your checkbook. Look at your body. Look at your kids. Ah! People that look at those things become basket cases as a regular part of life. And that's why he says, now, there's power in what you see. So make sure that you're looking at the right thing. Because looking at the wrong thing will also cause you to become what you behold. You know, they've said things like, well, I wonder if there's any... You know, the scientists and all the smart people out there. 
But what if there's any correlation to all this violence with that uh, hard pornography? You wonder? Are you kidding me? I wonder if there's any, any connection between all these hardcore, violent games that kids are playing all day long and the violence that's happening in the schools. Hello! You see, what people behold long enough, eventually they will become. You keep beholding that disease and Googling that disease, you could become that disease. You keep beholding the economy and beholding this and beholding that up and down all the way around. Eventually, it'll eat your lunch. There's power in a vision. There's power in what you see. And that's why he said, there's a lot of distractions out there. But that's why he said to you and he said to me today, he said, I want you to look away from everything that would distract you unto the perfect answer for all of life's situations, looking unto Jesus. Behold the Lamb! Look at the Lamb! Slain from before the foundation of the world. Look at the Lamb! When I see the Lamb, I see everything that I need to see because in Him all the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth bodily. And when I look at the Lamb, it removes all insecurities because I know that in the Lamb I am complete in Him. Listen, look away from that stuff that's a distraction. In order to do that, you got to be focused. Everyone say focused. Now listen, I'm preaching in this message today for life change. I'm not preaching to make myself look good. I'm not preaching to, to, to get a pat on the back from you at the back door. I, I'm not preaching to perform. I'm preaching for life change. And for your benefit. And so anytime a message is preached, there's always an inspiration, there's always information, but then there's always application. And the application means the doing part on my part. What am I going to do with what I'm hearing? What am I going to do with what the pastor is saying? What am I seeing today in this message? Looking away from all that would distract unto Jesus. Now, in order to do that, everyone smile. In order to do that, you've got to be focused. Focused. Now, what is focus? Doesn't focus mean to, to lock in? Doesn't focus also carry with it the thought of being single-minded rather than double-minded? Does not focused also carry with it the thought that the 112th Psalm says his heart is fixed. He's not moved by bad news, but he's trusting in the Lord. Let me just break this down for you. Focused. Here's what it means. It means to be fixed on Christ's 
unlimited supply every day. Say it with me. Fixed on Christ's unlimited supply every day. Not every other day. Not just when you're having a difficult situation. But when you're fixed on Christ's unlimited supply every day. Listen now, you'll never come up short. When you're fixed on his supply of peace that he's given you, you'll never get into a situation where you're absolutely full of fright and full of fear. He has a full supply. Moms and dads, parents, he's got grace for you to be a mom and dad. He's got a supply for you. Somebody says, listen, I just got let go off the job. That means that Christ, who is our unlimited supply, must have something better for you coming very, very soon. Come on, somebody. You cannot keep a man or a woman down who can see what God has for them and who can say what God said about them. You can't hold a man or a woman down regardless of their circumstances because they know that in Him there's always a full supply. Say with me, I'm fixed on Christ's unlimited supply. Every day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you'll never see what he has for you if you never look. He says, look unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus is beholding the Lamb. It's simply looking unto him and looking in his word. But if I never look... And see, like Joshua saw, and like Abraham saw, if I never pay attention and take time to look what he's already given me, then it would almost be as if I didn't have anything. You can have so much of him and the unsearchable riches of Christ, and yet never pay attention to it, and therefore do you no good. And so if you want to see some things, you've got to start doing some looking. The Bible says in James 1, let's look over there in verse 25. Y'all still here? Yeah. James, the first chapter, the 25th verse. James 1.25, this is great, great insight for you. How many of you can say, I'm seeing more today than I've ever seen before? But oh, glory to God, there's so much more. There's more to see. James 1.25, notice this. It says here, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. One thing that I want to encourage you with is this. The word of God will always liberate you. It'll never put you down. It'll never hold you back. It'll never put you in bondage. That's a good way to discern whether or not, when you go to a church, whether or not it's really something that the Lord is in or not. The question you need to ask yourself, is what I'm hearing freeing me or is what I'm hearing binding me? Why? Because Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? 
the truth shall do what? Set you free. Put you in bondage? Uh uh-uh. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There's liberty. So when we walk in this place, listen to this very carefully. When we walk into this place, and our eyes are not on Pastor Tom, and our eyes are not on Pastor Brenda, and our eyes are not on him, uh, on me, but our eyes are on him, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see Jesus. And as we draw near to him, by looking to him, he comes close to us. And in that type of atmosphere, whoo, glory, there's liberty. And there's freedom. Where people are healed just like that. And people are encouraged just like that. And people are filled with the Spirit just like that. And people go from one degree of glory to the next just like that. Read it with me. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein. Let's stop right there. If all you are getting is good. I believe this is a happy meal. This is a good meal. Okay. But if all you are getting all week long is what I'm giving you. You're not getting enough. Amen. You're just not getting enough. That's why he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they were, they were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Continue therein. Continue to see in this perfect law of liberty who you are in him. Continue. There's power in continuing. You know, I've eaten a lot of good food in my day. And uh, by the looks of things, so have you. <laughs> How many of you had a, had a, good, had a good portion of, of turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes this last week? How many of you going to have a little bit more food today? You know, I had a filet mignon a couple of weeks ago, but I plan on having another one real soon. See... Life was not intended to eat once and for you to be sustained for your whole life. Neither was your spiritual walk intended for you just to eat once on Sunday and have it sustain you for the whole week. There must be an ongoing feeding. And when there's an ongoing feeding, then there's an ongoing seeing. And when there's an ongoing seeing, there's an ongoing liberating of your life. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. Say it with me, I'm a doer. A doer of the work or a doer of the word. This man shall be blessed in his what? In his deed or in his doing. Now, When you look at the life and the ministry of Jesus, he never, ever did anything apart from his Father. He says, as I hear, so I judge. He said, as I see, so I do. He could never do anything independently of his Father, whether you realize it or not, the works that Jesus did while he was here on earth did not do them as a result of him being God. 
He was totally, completely dependent on his father. He said, as I hear and as I see, then I'm enabled to do. And it's the same way with you and it's the same way with me. We're no different than him. In order for us to do something, we've got to be able to see it. In order for us to know something, we've got to hear it. And that's why he said that faith will come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Turn to me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. Philippians, the fourth chapter, the ninth verse. Hallelujah. I wonder, does it matter what we think on? Does it matter what we're fellowshipping with? Did you know that whatever spirit or spirits a writer or an actor is yielding to, that's what you're taking in? But oh, if you'd yield to the Spirit of God, you'll yield to the Spirit of Liberty. Well, praise the Lord. Philippians 4 9. (laughs) Are you wanting me to perform something today? Are you wanting me to pull something out of my hat? You want me to work work you up today? You want me to work you up today? Okay, I hope not, because I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you the word. You didn't come to be entertained, right? You came to be fed. Oh, yeah, now I could get me an organ. Uh, you know, I, I, I can, I can, whoo, man, I can, whoo. You know? I can sing and I can song. But at the end of the day, will that sing song change your life? That's where a lot of preachers miss it. When there's dead air in the crowd, they try to work something up. But we don't do that here. No, no, we want the word. So y'all here? <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. He said, Those things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you so here's what Paul's saying Paul's saying look you've been with me for many years and you should have learned some things by now and you've heard a lot of things and faith has come as a result of you hearing the word and then You've been able to see some things function and operate in my life as a result of what you've learned and what you've heard. Now you take ownership of it yourself. Now you see it. Now the lights go on for you. And then he says, you are then in a position to do it. And when you do it, the God of nothing missing and the God of nothing broke shall be with you and he will cause you to overcome. 
Now look over at Matthew 13, and let's look at verse 15. Matthew 13, verse 15. Let's look at this. So hear the word, and you'll see the word, and then you can do the word. Now, in Matthew 13, verse 15, now this is talking about the children of Israel. It's not talking about you. He says, for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of what? Now, if a person's ears are dull of hearing, do you think that their eyes will be real focused? No. No. Because what you hear is what you'll see. And so if there's a dullness of hearing, then there's a dullness of seeing and a dullness of perception. And where there's a dullness of seeing and hearing, there is an inability to do. And if there's an inability to do, then there's an inability to have results. That's all I'm saying. He says, for this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes. Say it with me, I'm seeing with my eyes. I'm hearing with my ears. Notice this, and should understand with their heart. And be changed or be converted, and then I should heal them. And then I should do some awesome things in their lives. If they'll open their ears, if they'll open up their eyes. And that they'll be so fully persuaded by what they're hearing and seeing that they actually do it, this person is going to be blessed in their deeds. They're going to be blessed in their doing. And so I said all that to say this, that there is a blessing in doing. And there is a blessing in seeing what God has in store for you. He said, to them, he said this to them in Joshua 6. He says, see, I have given. I have given. Now, one of the things that he has given us in this auditorium, how many of you know that he has given every one of us the measure of mountain moving faith? Amen. Amen. Every one of us have been given this glorious measure of mountain moving faith. And he gave us this measure of mountain-moving faith so that we wouldn't sit here and talk about the mountains. He didn't give us this measure of mountain-moving faith so that we could worry about the mountains. Or so that we could take our measuring stick and measure how big it is, how wide it is. Hmm, look at that mountain range. What do you think, Joe? No, he gave us the measure of mountain-moving faith so that we could say and speak to the mountain. Listen to this. You are either talking to your mountain or your mountain's talking to you. Say it with me. I've been given the measure of mountain moving faith. Now, I don't know what kind of mountains stand in your way. I know what kind of mountains stand in my way. And any time I've measured and surmised and analyzed the mountain, you know what happens to those mountains? They just stand there. 
But every time I've said, Lord, I thank you that you have given me the measure of mountain-moving faith. Now, I'm going to take direct target at that mountain, and I'm going to say to the mountain, and the mountain must obey me. There's all sorts of mountains in different people's way. It could be a mountain of debt. It could be a mountain of sickness and disease. Aren't you glad that he's given you something to say to the mountain? He's given you the words of life to speak to the mountains that stand in your way. Now, let's bring this down to closing. We are officially now in the holiday season. Now, my prayer for us as a church is that we will go through these holidays in faith, in love, and in the real spirit of what Christmas is really all about. That's my prayer. But I know one thing for sure, the enemy will try to distract all of us. And one way that he can do that is he can do that through family members. And you might just be one of those family members that could be a person that would be a problem. How many of you know we're saved, but we're on the road of sanctification? So what the enemy, what he loves to do this time of year is just to burn you out. And get you going on flames rather than fire. (laughs) I prefer the fire of the Holy Ghost than the flames of burnout. How about you? I mean, let's be honest about it. Now, here's what happens when people start getting a little charred in their lives. They get what we call a bad attitude. Has anyone ever had a bad attitude? You know, another way we could say bad attitude is yielding to a wrong spirit. Because that's what it really is. Psychology just says bad attitudes. The Bible says yielding to the flesh or yielding to a wrong spirit. Okay? And so then, in this season in which we are living in, we need to understand this. That the enemy will do his level best to burn you out. And secondly, he will do his level best to get you in strife with the people that you love the most. I mean, Uncle Buck pulls up. You love Uncle Buck, but you know Buck's got some issues. Come on. And so, here's one way to handle strife. You handle it with what he's given you. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapon of the name, the weapon of the word, the weapon of the blood, you can take authority over those things prior to, and when the opportunity comes to yield to strife or yield to the flesh, you won't do it because you've already taken your authority and your place in Christ and spoken to that strife. Here's one thing you can do. You know, you're around the table and getting ready to eat, or maybe you're standing in the living room and, you know, your brother you haven't seen for five years comes along and 
and starts talking about this. And man, I just can't believe that this happened. I can't believe this about, about uncle so-and-so. I can't believe this about dad. You can just smile and say, is that mama's, is that mama's dressing I'm smelling? Let's go see. You just smile. And say, oh, it's so good to see you. You know, a smile will do a lot of things. You know, the love of God never fails. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Let's thank Him for His Word today. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Let's all stand to our feet right now. Let's declare some things today. At the top of this holiday season, say this with me, Heavenly Father, I've heard your word today, and I've seen some things. I see what you've given me. I see that you have a call on me. I see you have a plan for me. I choose the plan of God. In my pathway, there is life. And there is no death. I choose life today. I choose to walk in the Spirit. And I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. As I hear your word, I see it on the inside. And then I am a doer. I am a doer of the word of God. Let's lift our hands and give Him praise for what we've heard today. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord, who always causes us to triumph. Bless the Lord, O my soul, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that as we walk in the Word and as we walk in the Spirit, that heaven's help is ours. And we glorify you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted amen. Amen, amen. amen. Give your neighbor a high five.